Welcome to another episode of We Are Getting There. It's a podcast for people like us who are just works in progress. And if you've already perfected this thing called life, it just might not be the podcast for you. But if you're someone who finds that sometimes you win and sometimes you lose, you are in good company here. So we just uh, welcome you to this podcast. And it's kind of been our standard where we talk about our week. And it's been a couple weeks since we dropped an episode. And that's partially my fault because I was uh, on a business trip this past week uh, in Nebraska. And my, my wife was... <laughs> my wife was... Like, some dudes get to travel to, like, Florida and, like, <laughs> New York and Las Vegas, and you get to go to Nebraska. Well, I am thankful it was not Las Vegas. I don't know that I would have gone <laughs> on that I'm one. thankful for that, yeah. too. No, we, um, we have a lot of uh, locations... Um, all over actually, but um, these ones that I was uh, going to were in Nebraska and Iowa, which I thought was a flyover state. So, right? They, they just say that they're nothing. And there is a lot of farming that goes on, but it's actually quite beautiful. Uh, it's hilly and, and I, I wouldn't say mountainous, but it's close. And uh, at least where I was. So uh, we actually drove through some uh, Native American reservations, uh, and uh, it was just unique areas, and not, not nothing I've ever experienced before. I mean, some of that area is is remote, uh, but it's uh, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Hmm. So uh, it would be somewhere uh, to see, you know, the breadbasket of America. You mm-hmm. you may want to go sometime. So anyway, yeah, uh, Nebraska and Iowa. And so now I've been in Kansas, Nebraska, and Iowa. That's about the farthest west you've west been. I've ever been. So there it's been go. an awesome experience. It's been fun, and uh, it, it was it was good to go see the things that I I need to see. But it was also good to come home, and it was great to to see my family again. So uh, that's why we were a little bit behind on getting some episodes out. Uh, but we are back on track now. Mm-hmm. So so uh, so today. Um, this sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say and that meant i was home all week by myself and funny story i was like I was, i'm always like super ambitious when i think i'm gonna have a lot of time um so so we have this um great room it's called in our house that it's like the kitchen dining room and living room are all one big room it's an open concept house and then there's a little nook behind the living room where we do our schoolwork but um I was I was attempting to paint all of it while Justin was gone and then life laughed in my face (laughs) and I got literally like um I'm not even gonna say a quarter of it I'm gonna say like (laughs) Maybe an eighth of it done. <laughs> Great expectations, you know. <laughs> there are there are benefits to being a um, an optimist, but when the realist in the house is gone, 
optimism gets the best of you and like I said sort of laughs in your face a little the bit the yin to your yang is and it was all yin the whole, the whole thing was yin Wait, I'm the yin I don't know I don't know uh, which is which I, I was pretty sure I was the yang you but. were the yang yeah it was all yang while I was gone but no it's gonna be great it's gonna be wonderful <laughs> Seriously. You mean when it's done? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's been home since Thursday and it's now Saturday and I have not touched another wall. But but it's going to be great. So we'll we'll get back to it. But anyway, uh, so that was our our week and she was uh, home and and, uh, taking care of all the things by herself. And uh, so anyway, thank you, baby, for Mm. doing that. Um, So this is our last... um, for now in our communication series. Um, but there was just a few more things we kind of wanted to chat about and we wanted to give you, um, some tips or, you know, some tools, um, that we felt would uh, help you, um, as helped us at least in our relationship. Um, I I won't say to the next level or anything, but it really did take (laughs) our communication a step further, um, and helped us greatly. Um, that's, with our effectiveness with each other. so That's what we decided to call this episode, right? A few more things? A few more things. All right. So it's going to be a hodgepodge of... Hodgepodge? Hodgepodge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of, um, yeah, like you said, things that we can share and tools and resources and all that jazz. So, And we, um, we uh, felt this kind of came up we were debating about what to do uh, for the next one as far as should is there is there more here and i don't know that we were going to do it but actually it kind of came up at at our uh, connect group about some some of these tools mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so that's kind of what spurred this on so um jumping right in uh, the first one would be five love languages so would you talk about just to kind of how that's been effective in our family and and from our vantage point um, so it's the the five love languages, and it was by um, Gary Chapman. It's a book, and they also have other like quizzes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that go with it. Okay, yeah. Um, so the five love languages are quality time, physical touch, gifts, like the giving of gifts, mm-hmm. acts of service, and words of affirmation. Um, and so, like we said, you can take a quiz to find out what yours are, but mine, my two, my top one is physical touch. And then my number two is quality time. Um, and so the reason, and the reason why we wanted to talk about this as a communication tool is because, um, not only does your love language affect how you love someone or how you like to be loved, but it's it's a huge part of how you receive or don't receive certain forms of communication. Um, for me, um, I physical touch is a huge deal. It's 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 always been a huge deal. Um, you guys have heard a little bit about my story and about who my dad is, and uh, needless to say, he was not super affectionate and. Um, but my mom always was and it, it, so, but, but it's always been an important thing to me. And my, a lot of the women in my family, um, have been victims of negative physical touch. A lot of them have been abused. And I think also from just growing up hearing stories about 
that or witnessing negative physical touch, um, it definitely made me more aware of the power of touch and, and it, it made me appreciate, um, affectionate touching and, um, and, you know, good, good feeling, you know, and I don't mean in, in a sexual way. I mean, obviously that's part of it too for, for married people, but just, just touches that make you feel, um, loved and safe and, um, safety was a huge one for me. In fact, in fact, you know, going back to the communication thing, if anyone was ever rough with me physically, that communicated a strong sense of they don't care for me mm-hmm. and I can't trust them. Right. Um, even, you know, my dad wasn't, wasn't my, my stepdad. He was the dad who raised me. So that's who I call dad. But, um, my, my dad wasn't necessarily abusive in a physical way, but he did, he would tend to like grab our arms abruptly if he felt like we weren't listening and he would kind of like kind of jerk our arms to make sure that we were paying attention. And that was a huge, like to the point where when I became a teenager and he would do that, I, it would, it would set off a, like a, just a very angry reaction in me. Sure. Um, and I'll never forget the first, one of the first boys I would say I was interested in dating or like was a boyfriend to me. I was 13, so that doesn't really count, but, um, it was a boy at church, and I remember that he was, um, he like collected swords. And so one time we were sword fighting with legit swords. They weren't sharp, but we we're just having fun. And I'm a, I, I've always been an athletic, rough and tumble kind of girl. So like that didn't bother me. But when he would get it, when it felt like he was too aggressive with it, and then, and then there was another point where, um, he, I remember he was like poking my sides in a tickling manner, but it like, he was poking them hard and it hurt. And I told him to stop and he kind of treated it like it was, uh, Oh, I was just tickling you. you know, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so those, those two interactions with him, even though on, in lots of other levels, I, you know, I liked him for whatever reason, a 13 year old likes somebody, <laughs> um, <laughs> deep reasons. Oh usually. yeah. Super deep. Um, but those two, those two interactions with him were enough for me to say that I, I wouldn't ever be interested in pursuing a relationship with someone who I felt like didn't exercise self-control on a, on a physical level. So that was a huge, huge deal to me. And then, um, and then quality time is a big deal for me. Again, growing up in the home, I did. There wasn't a ton of my mom. My mom was good at spending a lot of time with us, um, but not so much my dad, unless unless it was doing something that he wanted to do. So um, I think I, 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 you know, grew a fondness for someone who would actually take the time to invest in me and and time with me and doing things that I enjoyed and. Um, and so, yeah, so those have remained my two love languages and, and they are good, they are good, um, scales for 
you know, how, how I'm able to receive love and communication from other people. And, and we say communication, um, what I was thinking as you were talking, um, they seem like they're all, like they're not linked to communication, but they actually are. Mm-hmm. And how we communicate if I'm feeling loved. <laughs> right. So, hey, I'm not feeling loved right now. And, you know, I might say, well, what, what are you talking about? You know, what are you talking about? Well, it, it helps me to know what yours are so we can communicate more effectively. Because if we can't, if we, if we couldn't pinpoint your... I need more quality time. We right. don't even know that we could communicate effectively that you're not feeling loved. Right. And we talked about, I think, was it last time that we talked about communicating out of your needs? Or was it a couple weeks ago? Yeah. yeah. In one of our previous episodes, we talked about communicating out of your needs, out of your need, and how sometimes having a need can affect um, your inability. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it was in fighting fair. Mm-hmm. I think it was in the fighting fair episode. We talked about how sometimes you fight because you have unmet needs right. and that, yeah. that is a, that is a big, a big portion of unmet needs is, is coming from a, posi- a place of, you know, your, your love languages not being met. Right. And, um, and two, it helps you, I think like you were alluding to, it helps to know what someone else's is, are so that you can better love and communicate with them. Um, but not only that, it, it helps to know what ours are in relation to how we communicate with other people because sometimes we communicate out of our own love languages how we think someone else wants to be loved or talked to or treated. And so, so for instance, you know, like even with the kids, sometimes if I'm not careful to pay attention to what their needs actually are, if I feel like they are a certain way, like I'll give an example, even today, um, we were at a birthday party and, um, Natalie seemed, I don't know. She's, she was kind of zoning out. I think maybe she was just sleepy, but, um, but I, I called her, they were sitting around and her friend was opening gifts and I called her over and, uh, I picked her up and snuggled her and I asked her if she was okay. And she said, yeah. And I said, well, you just seemed a little sad or something. And you, you could tell she was kind of like, you know, when you pick up your kids and they're kind of like sacks of potato, mm-hmm. so they don't like really want to be held. Right. But I thought that I was sort of, that I would make her feel better if I snuggled her real quick. And she was disinterested in that. Hmm. And I think mostly, I think she just needed to, get to bed early, but, (laughs) but, but that was my own, my own interpretation was, Oh, she looks sad. I'll snuggle her and that will make her feel better. Yep. And so I was loving her out of the way that I, I love, but, or I need, need loved, but in reality. And let's talk about that a little bit that our kids, um, you know, that's a, it's an easy, it's easier than it sounds, um, Mm -hmm. to get their love languages and talk about that, how we, we did that with Madison and and how that's worked out. Yeah. So before, um, I mean now Madison could probably take the quiz. Um, but before she could, we, when we were sort of figuring out our own love languages, we, um, one day I just wondered what Madison's were because yeah, it extends beyond 
marriage for sure. Um, I was, I asked Madison one day, I said, Hey Madison, you know, if, if a mommy and daddy wanted to show their kid that, that they, that she, that they loved her, what would they do? And she said, um, I think that she would give, they would give hugs and kisses and buy her presents. (laughs) Yep. And it was that easy. Yep. To go, okay, so hers are, at least at least right now, moment, we're yeah. in that moment, we're physical touch, which I think is common for a lot of kids, especially younger ones, physical touch and gifts. And even still, I would say still to this day, she loves giving gifts and making things for people. Yeah. Like, it's always her idea. She's, she's 12, and even when Justin was gone this week, I don't even think I got to tell you. Um, this is live and just raw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I had stepped out for a little bit and then came back home and they had made me cards, that was Madison's idea. Oh. Um, because I was home without you this week and then, um, and then they made you cards mm-hmm. or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or made you like a, a drawing and yeah. just said, we miss you daddy. Or right. A, and yeah. so I think still even Madison just really likes to give people things. And the other day we had, uh, Halloween candy, uh, sitting around. And so my wife, uh, she, she likes uh, Butterfinger, anything Butterfinger. And so we had some and they, and Madison put it all in a jar and it said mommy's favorite candy. Yeah. And she put like, a tag she on put it. A tag on it. <laughs> yeah. So she likes yeah. gifts or, yeah. or I think she's, yeah, I think she still does. And that was the point too, that these do change. I mean, or can change. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can have multiples, like we've said, you know, maybe this, uh, it's usually a hierarchy of what you like, but they, and they can as you grow older. Yeah. And then for um, Natalie, it would, that one we didn't have to ask her. It was it has always been very obvious that she is a words of affirmation person. She just loves hearing how great she is. And there are times when um, she will kind of brag about herself. And you know what? You know what's funny is I, I think I used to be and probably still am a little bit guilty of like getting annoyed when people brag about themselves or talk, talk highly of themselves. I think as adults, we should learn when to fish for compliments and when not to. Um, but I think I used to feel like that was a, a tacky thing to do. And, but now that it's one of my kids love languages and it's also one of yours, you you need to talk about yours. Um, it's also one of yours. I think that it's, I, I, I think that when we hear those things, instead of thinking that's really tacky, it may be more so think, you know, that person they're feeling they're they're they have a need right. they have a need and and it's okay that I you know what I mean so and build them up in yeah, that yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so for Natalie she just and she just she loves to hear she watch me do this so that you know she'll say watch me do this so that we can tell her oh that's awesome and you know oh. and when she would get dressed not to cut you off but when she would get dressed especially when she was younger she mm-hmm. does she does it sometimes still but you know for church or something she would walk into the room where i was sachet <laughs> and she would just twirl her dress or you know like look at me she wouldn't say a whole lot but she yeah. would just look at me and wait for me to say you look beautiful today yeah. and that was it then she'd go out of the room yeah 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 she it's like she needed that from from you and so um, and I think that another, her, her secondary one that seems to be developing here more recently has been, um, 
acts of service. Mm. She's she likes to serve everyone, and and it's kind of I've kind of seen them go hand in hand. Like she loves to serve because she just likes to be nice to people, but she also wants you to acknowledge that she served you or someone else. Yep. Like she also wants you to to tell her that that was a good thing to right. do. Right. And um, so so yeah, and then Gavin, um, he's just turned four. So I think the physical touch is still a big one for him. Like I said, I think for all little kids, that's a huge deal, but, um, we'll see. He likes words of affirmation too, which is pretty common for boys and men, obviously, because the whole needing respect and admiration thing. Um, so words of affirmation are starting to become sort of a big deal for him too. Um, but, but speaking of men, let's talk about yours and how that, well, well, my main one is words of affirmation. Uh, and that's, uh, like, like you were saying, I think that, I think it's, I hate to put a number on it, but I think most men it's one or two, it's one of the top two for oh, them. Sure. And maybe they're, maybe it's not the same for everybody, but I think most men desire to, to hear that, that they're valued and appreciated. Um, and, uh, especially, you know, by, for, if you're married by, from your wife, um, to me that that's, that's the only thing that matters after a day of anything, if it's worship leading or serving or whatever, if I, if everybody else could tell me that I, you know, did amazing, but it doesn't matter unless you think I did amazing. So mm-hmm. it's also pointed on certain people. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's a huge one. I think that that's a, that's a huge one. And I think for, um, and, 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 and talk about what, what is communicated to you when either that's not being done or when words are not affirming that they're, that they're, you know, discouraging or, or disrespectful in a way. How does that affect your ability to communicate with that person when they, well, it shuts it down. I mean, if it's not, if it's, if it's disrespectful or if it's, it's, it's wounding, you know, someone like me tends to internalize that more than, than someone whose love language might not be that. Uh, and so I think that it's, it's super important. And I think we touched on it in one of the other episodes about not cutting someone down when, especially when they're trying to, to speak or trying to, you know, to communicate with you. If you, if you're cut, if your words are cutting, that can be extremely damaging to the chances of that ever happening again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, build words, I mean, the Bible says that you should build each other up with your words. And so I think that we've talked about how, you know, James says to control your, t- and all of these, you know, things that as far as like, um, in, internal communication. Um, and if you're, if they are, if they're not, um, if they're not building up, they're probably tearing down. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I think for, for most men, that's a, that's a crucial one, mm-hmm. uh, in, in their job. And it maybe let's take that. Cause I don't want to just keep going back to marriage, but you know, in, in your job, even, um, you know, I, I needed to hear, and it's, it, it sounds like a flaw, but it's just the reality. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm like we said, we're works in progress, you know, but I, I needed to hear, did you think I did a good job? Is, but, am I doing yeah. the right thing here? You need your boss to yeah. affirm that just you're doing the right job. Just, yeah. yeah, it doesn't, it, now, right now it doesn't have to be so much, you know, that I, I think as you grow in, in some, some maturity you can go, okay, now I'm doing all right here. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, occasionally every once in a while, yeah, I think you're doing a good job. Literally, uh, you know, that, that can make or break your, 
mm-hmm. your month. <laughs> yeah. And I think that you now being, um, sort of in charge of people in a roundabout kind of way, you're, you know, you have to lay down the law as far as, you know, what your position is and, and how people work within those, the parameters that you have to set. And so, um, I think that because you work with mostly men, um, your, your sandwiching is like a big deal. for you to be able to say, you know, man, you're doing a great job over here. And I really like that you've done this. Could we fix this? And then, but man, keep up the good work. Like you kind of have to. And armed with that. Yeah. Armed with that knowledge. And how much, (laughs) how much better does that go over than just kind of going in there and. Guns of blazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and how much more respect do you gain in return from the people, from the, the guys you work with, you know? And so if you're, if you're a boss of any kind, knowing that words of affirmation are a huge deal to most men uh, will, I think, go a long way in how you communicate with them and and your ability to communicate better with them. If you're a mom or dad of boys, that's a huge deal. In fact, one of my friends, one of my good friends is reading a book, and I think it's a, I don't remember what it's called. I, I love to give credit where credit is due, but I can't think of what the book is called or who the author is. If she thinks of it, so, I'll post it in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but it's about moms, moms, moms of boys, and I think there's a little, uh, a little conversation in there where a mom says to her son, "You know, oh, I love you so much," and the little boy kind of is like, "Yeah, okay," and doesn't really respond. And then she, when she says, "I just think that you're so brave and you're so strong, and I'm super proud of you." And then he, his face kind of lights up and, and she, the mom notices that and she kind of says, what do you, what do you think is better when mommy tells you that I love you so much? Or when I tell you that you're brave and strong and that I'm proud of you. And he looks up at his mom and he says, brave and strong. Mm -hmm. And it's just, just goes to show you that even from a young age, like you can love them all day long and that's great. But, but when you, when you, uh, you know, just feed their ego for lack yeah. of a better, you know? Yeah. Um, our, one of our old pastors, his love languages were words of affirmation and gifts. And he would joke, you just tell me I'm awesome and give me something and I'm set, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I think that that's, that's true. And, and where we've actually tried to put that more into practice with Gavin, as far as is encouraging him with our words. So mm-hmm. very true. Mm-hmm. You, um, well, let's, let's move on. Um, we have a lot to say on this, on this next one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this book, um, this other book that, that we're, we're going to mention here, uh, really, um, transformed the way we, uh, have, have communicated with each other and, and how we view each other and making sure, um, needs are being met because that's the name of the book. It's his needs, her needs. Uh, it's by author Willard F. Harley Jr. And it, um, it is quite the book. And if you are, and I, we, again, we hate to always go back to marriage, but it is a passion point for us. So, um, if you are married, pick this book up, uh, mm-hmm. right now, go on Amazon, whatever you got to do, get this book. Because, um, I honestly, we were just looking, uh, before this episode, I honestly don't know his, uh, spiritual background of the book. I can't remember. Um, but I, I'm, 
I'm pretty sure it, it meets all the bases for anything we would agree with mm-hmm. um, as far as, you know, spirituality, Christian yeah, um, it background. Seems, it, it seems, seems to seems, come from a more Christian perspective, yeah. because especially because it's, it's um, the subtitle is building in a fair proof marriage. And when he talks about affair proofing your marriage and what's considered an affair, his guidelines for that are are ones that we would have. Yeah. And I think that the world's guidelines are a little bit different. And so I think that that's what kind of gives me the, uh, gives me a clue that he's coming from a, a more Christian or biblical perspective, even though he doesn't necessarily preach in this book. He just, it's a very, it's a very, uh, um, uh, what's, what's it, what's a book. If you, if it's just applicable, it's a very, um, words. What I know, <laughs> words elude me. <laughs> um, it's a practical, practical thing. Okay. Yes, that's yeah. it. I yeah. was like, it's a p word. Yes, it's a very practical book. Yeah. It's not necessarily a spiritual so, book. So why are we talking about it? What does it have to right. do with communication? What is the book? Kind of give us a synopsis of it. Okay, so it goes through the um, the top needs of men and the top needs of women. Um, and, and I'm sure that we will reference this book again, when we talk more specifically and more in depth about marriage, just marriage. But, um, this book, the, before it even gets into the needs, it talks about a thing called a love bank. And this was just a huge, a huge kind of like, oh my gosh, for us. And so, um, but it talks about how we all, either that in, in our own love banks, people can either make withdrawals or make deposits. And ideally speaking, because it's a marriage book, your spouse should be making the most deposits and, and the least amount of withdrawals. And so, because when they do make a withdrawal, meaning that they say something, so this is why, you know, it pertains to communication when they, when maybe when they say something that's cutting or mean or, you know, or just maybe not, not intentionally inconsiderate, but just inconsiderate or whatever that it, it's, it's a withdrawal, you know, and talking about love languages when they, you know, if, if I know that for me, because quality time is a love language of mine, if you and I had made plans and he never does this by the way, but I'm just fishing for an example. <laughs> if you and I had made plans and you all of a sudden had to work late or whatever, it would even even if it was out of your control, it would still feel like you made the withdrawal right. that you had promised something to me and then didn't fulfill that. So Right. Um so it talks about that and it talks about how other people can make deposits and withdraws. And so um it talks about how the dangers in your spouse making withdrawals and other people making deposits is that depending on who those other people are, those, those deposits can start to seem more attractive than the withdrawals that are happening at home. Right. And so, um, but, but, but it goes back to like we were talking about before, just communicating, um, in, in your need and out of your need and when your love bank is empty is probably not the best time to try to talk about um, things that might cause um, a disagreement or whatever else. But also, 
um, being able to communicate that your love bank is empty. And we use those terms now because it makes sense to us. So this is why if you hear us talk about this is where this comes from. And because it's easier for us to say, Hey, I feel empty. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's, and, and, and it's easy for us to, it's, if we communicate our withdrawals, it helps it helps the other person see that we have a need for a large deposit, um, whatever that looks like. And so if, if Justin comes to me and, and he's telling me, you know, I had this happen at work that didn't go so well. And then I had, you know, this, this happened and this happened and now I'm busy and he'd tell, and you know, busyness is a big withdrawal for him. Like if we have lots of things going on, it, it sucks out you know, it take, it takes, it takes from him. And so, cause he's just not a busy kind of, he doesn't love, you don't love being busy. Overly non. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so if he can communicate to me or if I hear him communicating to me that his, that there have been a lot of withdrawals, then I know that he's in need of a deposit from me. And then vice versa. Right. If we can, if I am able to say, you know, Hey, my love bank is kind of empty right now. I need some, I need some affection or I need some time. And you see how these tie together now, you yeah. know, as we're not you, but you know, I think we all see is, is this is uh, tying together that our, if you know your love language, that's a part. And he, and, and, um, uh, in this book, he does go into, uh, similar things. So these, these are kind of like their own five love languages for each group. Right. Um, so they kind of do coincide. Um, yeah. but the, the ability to communicate that need or that felt need, um, really goes a long way. And I think this also ties into, isn't this, this wonderful. It all ties into kind of what we were talking about, about being vulnerable or being mm-hmm. honest or being open, transparent mm-hmm. with the other person, whoever that is, uh, what your needs are. Um, and, and in a, in non-confrontational way, but just a, in, in an honest way. And this is where I need, you know, you, Hey, my best friend, I need you to do this or Hey, child of mine, this is what I need from you or, or th- for them as a child to go, mom, dad, I, we've opened it up to our kids, you know, and said, if you just need a hug, mm-hmm. just come tell us you need a hug yeah. and I'll, st- I'll stop what I'm doing. If, yeah. if, you know, if I can, I'm going to stop what I'm doing uh, or, or, you know, Hey, I just feel like we haven't, talked or or i need to play a card game with you like you Mm -hmm. know just be honest because our family is going to run on on that yeah yeah um it's you know it is a marriage specific book but definitely that part the the love bank part can branch out into other areas you know if you can teach your kids to communicate their their love bank needs um, or if you can learn to recognize when their banks are empty, you know, and just allowing for there to be time to make significant deposits into your kids. And so, yeah, it's a good one. And uh, I will preface, I won't, we won't need to get into this, uh, but I will preface that it is very steamy. So for those of you... in, in Yeah, in one section... It's, it is because obviously, it's blunt. yeah, obviously <laughs> a huge, especially guy need love bank need is, is physical intimacy. So it does talk about that. Um, it's very it's good not, though. it's not crass, but no. it is, it is honest and it's, 
somewhat detailed. Yeah. So, so just, just a forewarning. Just a, a preface. Yeah. yeah. A preface. Uh, Don't read it aloud in front of <laughs> your children or, um, don't I wouldn't get the do audio it. book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You start your uh, car up and don't, don't, re- don't read it aloud in your small group, yeah, you know, yeah. might, might cause some embarrassment for the but, person reading, but, but it's good. So anyway, I don't need to go all there, but actually another thing just come, came to mind. It's not communication related. So sorry. But, but in that book, it was where I did learn. Um, it literally was an epiphany to me. I did learn that there is a difference in like affectionate touching mm-hmm. and romantic touching. Like sexual, sexual. Touching. Yeah, yeah that's what I meant. Because affection yeah, is romantic. I, yeah. But. So, but but I just saw the same man. Yeah. Like that was how I viewed it until I read the book, and I was like, oh wow, I have gotten this wrong for all my yeah. life. Yeah. So it's a good one. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of little nuggets of truth in yeah. there. Um, yeah. And I don't know. For me, that that's still communication related for yeah. me because for me, um. There, those two types of touching, because physical touch is a big deal to me. To me, um, affectionate touching relays the message that you're just interested in in being affectionate and being romantic or nice towards me or right. lovey-dovey. And sexual touching, re- o- that the only thing that relays to me is you want to go to the bedroom. Right. And so, so especially when my you know, if my love bank is running low or we haven't been affectionate or, or haven't had time to be and you come up and, you know, pinch my butt or something, it's gonna, it's gonna send the message that that's what's on your mind. And I'm going to definitely feel. And that's part of honesty when you would say now, because we, we, we do communicate that way, you know, Hey. I say, hey, I need you to like snuggle me before right. you snuggle me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, like when you say back rub, you mean back rub, right? You know? The Brad Paisley song. The, oh, and you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you say a back rub is only a back rub. When you, you swap my, my hand when I try. Yeah. yeah. Good song. It is a good song. It's probably not so good on a podcast, but <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, so, okay, we need to move on because we, we said... Uh, we try to keep it short. Try, try and keep it short. Our idea of short is not maybe. So, okay. So next point would be um, uh, something we have kind of touched on briefly, but knowing yourself and knowing how um, you communicate uh, will help you communicate with others. So knowing how you like to be communicated with. So so uh, I wanted to give a couple um, examples of this. And again, we, we try to relate to not just a marriage, uh, in this, uh, you know, so just to branch out a little bit. So, um, one of them, uh, would be a personality assessment. So, uh, one idea would be a book, uh, that's called living your strengths. Um, and I can't vouch for the entire book as far as its content, um, being, you know, specifically communication. But what I can say is that there's a strength, they do the Clifton strengths finder. Um, and it's a, it is a long test from what I remember. And there's tons of personality tests out there. Um, and then there's another one that's a disc. And I believe that's the one that Dave Ramsey uses. And so I wanted to kind of discuss that real quickly. Um, we did the Clifton Strengths Finder in um, the the church that I was um, on staff in, and it it really did help to say, 
this is how this person communicates uh, and it gives you a breakdown of that. But the disc, um, and again, I believe that's the one that he said he uses. I got a chance to go to uh, Dave Ramsey's where they do the, the, if you don't know who he is, he's a financial guru guy on the radio, has books. Um, and, uh, out of uh, Nashville, right? Uh, Nashville, yeah, Tennessee. yeah, out of Nashville. And so while we were there, we got to go to his, uh, his, with the station and all of, all of his, uh, office staff are and as you take the tour you notice on the outside of all their doors is a placard with their specific communication style and it's wonderful because you can literally at a glance see who, who they are how they communicate and know what you're walking into mm -hmm. so it was really cool to see um, in a business setting uh, okay I'm going to go talk to Joe in financing and he's uh, a, a you know, an S personality, type, whatever it is, you know, you know, by just glancing, okay, he's going to be this way. Uh, he's going to maybe, oh, maybe the D is more domineering and he's going to be, you know, so you kind of get this idea. And I think it was fantastic. So you might need to buck up before you so go you in. <laughs> might need to, yeah. You might need to grow some thick skin if you're going to, you mm -hmm. know, uh, but I think that that's a, it's a great, so knowing yourself and, and, and how you communicate and how you prefer to com be communicated with really can help in a business setting. Um, it can really help in your, even in your marriage, uh, you know, but in, in all kind of walks of life, if you know thyself, mm -hmm. you can, you can kind of prevent some of some things from happening or at least try and stave them off a little bit yeah so yeah that's good it's yeah. good advice so know, knowing yourself knowing uh, yourself and and again back to a, a you know boss employee relationship you know employer employee if you can you know i think it's good to care i think that the, what the one thing that dave ramsey does well it seems like is uh, he cares for the people who work there and people who work for Dave Ramsey like working for Dave Ramsey. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, just if, so if you, if you're a boss and you feel like. And don't just pretend actually step. care, uh, yeah. you know, actually yeah. take the moment and, and, and say, and that's, we have, have friends that, that have worked there or do work there. Uh, and they would say their first, I don't know how long was interacting with their employers or their direct reports and, Hey, do you need anything? How's it going? How's this? I mean, it's, it was, it was a great experience. So knowing who, how you communicate, um, did you have anything else to add to that? I don't think so. Okay. So let's, let's move on to pretty much our last um, point. Uh, so I, I really, and I think we kind of mentioned this again before, but I, I really wanted to just take a few minutes and talk about, Okay, I've read the book. We've had the talks. We've had honesty, but we're still, you know, not. There's something missing. We're misfiring here. Um, we personally, um, and I think it's kind of a, a personal mission of ours, at least, to make uh, counseling a less scary thing to yeah. destigmatize counseling. Um, and I think that it's because. Um, you know, and, and it was something that, that we have done uh, as far as putting it off or feeling like it's not something we want to do. Um, and I think that uh, it's viewed negatively in, in the church, especially. Um, it's, yeah. oh, man, if I have to go to marriage counseling or whatever counseling, I people are going to know I don't have it all together. Mm -hmm. And it's this, uh, you know, similarly to when... Uh, Josh Ward talked about in the in the value of vulnerability um, when he was talking about that that he was saying you know 
uh, Facebook, you know, you, you just see the best photos of the best food and mm-hmm. the best kids and the best house in the best angle and the best lighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, oh, I have this all together and you're like, man, I can't even compete with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a problem in our society, uh, in our, in our churches and in our relationships where, well, they, they just have it all together and we got to keep that, that, uh, view of us up. We got to keep that facade up. Um, and instead of just saying, you know, I, I don't have it all together. Um, and, and knowing what can come from that later and what we'll talk about here in a second is that that really was a huge benefit. And now Mm -hmm. we're so far from where we used to be, Mm -hmm. um, because of those experiences. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because, um, if I can share a little bit of our history. I mean, we've, we've shared a little bit before, but, um, unfortunately for us, what pushed us into counseling was, um, your, was your pornography addiction and how you just couldn't seem to, to unentangle yourself from that snare. And that it just seemed to be something that when you were, down in the dumps, that's what was going to make you feel better. It was an addictive self-medicating thing that you just couldn't get rid of. And I remember the first, the first time, you know, Madison was teeny tiny. I just, I just had her. And so it was several years ago, but I remember the very first time that I, that I found out that you had been looking at things on the internet. I, I remember you saying to me through tears that you needed help. And I said, and my, my completely unmerciful and self-preserving self-preserving reaction was absolutely not. You can just stop doing it. Fix it yourself. And it wasn't until you had struggled for about another year that I was like, that I finally agreed to going. And, um, and it was on and off struggle. And, you know, there were just a couple other times that you had, you know, that I found out you were, you know, doing, stepping outside of marriage in a, on a techno technological level. Um, uh, thank, thankfully, you know, never on a physical level, but not that that makes it necessarily less bad, but yeah. But it's it's different. Yeah. It is different. Um, but yeah, it wasn't for for a good year or so of back and forth struggle for you that I finally was okay with going to somebody. But I was that person who was very much like, no, then everyone will know. Right. Everyone will know that you're doing something bad. Everyone will know that our marriage isn't awesome. And what's sad is that had you felt the freedom to go to counseling instead of to porn, you know, how much different things would have been for that time for us that we might not have walked through such a deep, dark valley had, you know, had there been more of this idea that if you're struggling with something that counseling can be a way before it gets terrible thing, you know? And so unfortunately for us, what pushed us to counseling was the horrible thing. But now we're to the point where like, if, you know, actually, what were we, what were we talking about? (laughs) 
just a couple weeks ago, we had this, we hit a communication brick wall and we could not. No, we're perfect. We never do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What was it now? See how unimportant it was. I can't yeah, even right. remember now. Um, but we had just hit a wall. Yeah. I remember the conversation, but I don't remember what it was about. Gosh, Isn't that crazy? I know. But, yeah, we, but yes, we, you know, so like you, like you prefaced this section with you've, you've done all the things you've tried all the, you've tried all the tactics, you've used the resources and you still are just hitting this brick wall of communication. We, we thought for, for a brief moment about, we were like, well, let's just go talk to, let's just go talk to somebody. Because, because we were like, you know what I mean? It was, it was for us, it was, now it doesn't have to be something horrible. I mean, obviously it wasn't because we can't even remember what it was, but, but, but sometimes we'll It get, was important in the, in the moment, yeah, but, it's, but sometimes even now we, if we, if we are like, you know, or even if, if, you know, we're having a rough time with something, we'll say, well, Hey, maybe we need to go talk to our counselor for, mm-hmm. you know, for us, it's been so freeing to, you know, just to say, it's okay to go. It's yeah. okay to go and talk to somebody else. It's o- it's okay to to not be at the end of your rope before you go seek professional help. And not just for marriage, uh, just again to pull back. Yeah. Um we um and like I said we're going to be honest, so you're going to get a little bit of it right now, but we we have taken our our children even to, you know, one of our kids into just it was actually for us to better understand what they were going through and how to communicate with them because we didn't know. Mm. We didn't know how to fix it, the problem. And and so we were able to use that tool and and take take our child there mm-hmm. and, and figure out, oh, wow, so we, we need to change these ways we are communicating, mm-hmm. interacting with them. Yeah, you, it's not it's not a, an admission of being a terrible parent. No. Like, no or a failure, a, a failure as a parent. Like, I think that so many parents think that. They think, you know, that if you... Oh, if you have to take your kid to counseling, you know, there's something wrong with them and, you know, and then, oh, you've failed as a parent somehow. And, you know, it's just that it's it's, so, yeah, it's like I said, like we, like you said, especially in the church realm, in the, the realm of, well, just give it all to Jesus and you'll be fine. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, God, God made us a body for a reason. And there, you know, and we all function in our different roles. And one of the roles of the body of Christ are counselors and people who would come alongside of you and help you figure things out. And maybe your counselor isn't a paid professional counselor. Maybe your counselor is your friend, your pastor, your whomever that can step in as a third party, unbiased. I don't know who that is for yeah. you, um, but there's there are resources. And, and like, like I said, my, my whole family has gone at times when there's been a family crisis where mm-hmm. we're like, let's just do it. And and that's what's so sad is, um, like we've been saying, and I, I maybe this is kicking a dead horse at this point, but we're, we are, one of the, when we went to counseling, one of the first things that was said to us was, you're going to sign this paper that says you're not going to do anything like get a divorce like in the next three months or whatever mm-hmm. it was, you're going to give this some time because so many times they would get people to come in, do a couple sessions and say, eh, not worth it. We tried. Yeah. And that's not, and, and so much of that is because they wait to, that's the yeah. very last thing they do. And so, um, so our counselor, she found it important that people sign a document that said, you know, 
you need to give this a three month go. And, and so, so yeah, a huge passion point and something that we wanted to end on tonight is that, um, if your communication skills are failing you or if someone else's communication skills are failing you and you guys, you, you and a, and a child, you and a friend, you and your spouse, you can't seem to make sense of what the other is saying. And, and you can't seem to overcome the hurdle of, of communication with that person, man, a third party, a counselor or a pastor, or even just another friend is a huge, huge thing to, and it's, and we've got to, as the church, we have got to stop, um, acting as though that should be a last resort. And, and while I do believe that prayer and, and, you know, God's word and, and all those things can help us through any problem. I, I do believe that absolutely. But there are times when God's going to use someone else to help you through that thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, and that, that has to be okay. It has to be okay. And I wish more leaders in church would, would say that would say, Hey, if you need some, if you need to talk to somebody, go talk to somebody. And I think so many times we have our nose in the grindstone, you know, so much and we can't see the forest for the trees mm-hmm. and we just, we just get so down in it. And I think that was one thing um, that our counselor friend said when we were trying to discuss uh, an issue one time, she was able to tell us each what we needed to hear about the other person. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, why couldn't, you know, why couldn't that have worked? You know, now I know how to do that next time. And, and her words were, yeah, it wouldn't have worked in the middle of the fight because you wouldn't have heard me. Yeah, and so I think that sometimes you need to have that that person that's not in the thick of it with you to be able to say it to you. Yeah. Um, one one last thing I, I think I, I'd like to throw in there, um, and then we will wrap up. Is uh, I think that something good for communication is to uh, step out of your comfort zone. There's mm-hmm. something. I felt, you know, for me personally, um, you know, and everybody's different. So, um, you are more outgoing, able to communicate freely off the cuff, whereas mm-hmm. I'm more prepared and, and, and analytical before I try to do things. And I've, uh, one thing I felt like has been good has been to do something out of the ordinary, try something new that might push you a little bit further out of your comfort zone when it comes to communication. And it might be different for each person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for instance, um, you know, for me, I'm okay with small one-on-ones, you know, smaller groups for me, uh, out of my comfort zone would be speaking to lots of people, giving us a, a quote unquote sermon, uh, things like that. And for me actually was stepping out and leading worship at a church, you know, uh, in, in, in a pastoral way, yeah. I could, it was a good song leader, but speaking to people in those moments was different and a challenge for me. Yeah. Or having to be, you hated being called Pastor Justin. Oh, I, I or, still hate that. I still, if I've ever, if I've <laughs> ever like, I, I hated it. It like gave you anxiety to be considered someone in, in that kind of position. Right. Like you, you wanted to, you're good at, like you said, you're good at leading songs and, and uh, being behind your guitar and, you know, but it took, you know, for you to step out and lead a, lead a small group. And when you're asked to, to speak in front of people. Yeah. And I think, um, I guess if I could say something out of 
um, out of my comfort zone would be, you know, just learning to communicate with meeker people or softer people or people who are not quite as, um, like I, I'm not easily offended. So, so I think for me learning to, to see the offense before I make it and mm. before, before I say the offense, um, has been something that's been a, a challenge for me, but, um, just, just really asking God to, to give me the tools to be, to communicate, you know, my, I homeschool and everybody we've, you know, we've talked about that, but, um, our oldest Madison, she's, she's much more sensitive and, and much more easily offended than, than I am. And so just even learning how to, you know, me learning how to better communicate with her, but then also on the flip side, challenging her to, you know, learn to, you know, buck up in a sense, learning that, that when someone is communicating, like for instance, when we're talking about schoolwork, if I say, you know, you know, Hey, I really like what you did here, but this part here, I think could use a little bit of work. It used to be where she would just, I mean, she would just collapse at the, just the thought that she didn't do something as excellently as she thought she did. So even, even if I was super gentle, you know, for her, you know, learning to accept constructive criticism has been, you know, something on her end that has, has matured her in her communication skills as well. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely learning to to do something that's, you know, it, it wasn't okay for me to just say, well, this is my personality, so I'm mm. g- I get to communicate this way, and how and how they receive it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know. And it wasn't okay for you to say, well, God, I know you want me to to be a leader, but I'm only comfortable leading f- from my guitar, and that's it. I, I don't want to lead any, and, and I don't want to I don't want to have to speak to people in any other kind of way, yeah. you know, and, and then for, for Madison, you know, it wasn't okay for her to just collapse at the thought of her having to change something because it wasn't, you know, correct or wasn't her best. Yeah. And, and for other people, um, I just had a conversation with a family member recently and it was saying, that's not okay how you just talk to me, right? right. Stepping up and saying, in def- not in defense of necessarily yourself, but be, at least being aware of how, how someone's treating you. Yeah, uh, yeah the, it, it can be something different for everybody. And obviously relying on maybe others who know you really well to, to encourage you or, you know, uh, maybe uh, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and, and say, this is where you need to grow. Yeah. And I think that that's, we all should be, again, we're getting there. So we all should be on a path toward that. Um, so anyway, I, we have done quite a bit, um, through our short program today, uh, as it were, but just to wrap up, um, we, not very short, not very short now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys, you could, you could have skipped to the end. No, uh, so we well, and I'll link these, um, in the, in the, uh, show notes too, but, um, to recap, some tools that we gave you were the five love languages by Gary Chapman. 
his needs her needs by willard f harley jr um some strength finders uh clifton strength finder um the disc assessment some personality assessments um and uh you know when all else uh is is you know you've tried everything and, and again not that it's a last resort but you've done the tools you've taken steps on your own um don't be afraid don't 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 uh uh think that it's scary to go see a counselor, a good godly person in your life, and then step out and try something, uh, try something new, try to, to, to grow in, in your communication skills. Um, and, uh, we would love to hear from you on that. Some, maybe some tools we missed, maybe some things that, uh, you would like to add, um, you know, please uh, feel free to email us at we are getting their podcast at gmail.com. That's W E R E getting their podcast at gmail.com. We really appreciate you guys listening. We love doing this and can't wait for the next uh, series that we're going to be doing. Um, and uh, so keep it uh, tuned right here. Please subscribe. Please rate us. Uh, and again, reach out uh, if you have uh, some thoughts. Uh, we'd love to communicate with you guys that way. Uh, if you have someone you think would be good for the podcast, please shoot us a line there. Um, and do you have anything else? I think we're good. All right. All right. Well, again, thanks for listening and we will catch you guys next time.